Hi there. Welcome to Take the Stage, the podcast for speakers on the speaking life. We're going to dive into what it means to run a speaker business, how to get booked, how to keep your records, how to create messages that matter and make a difference. I'm Mary Snyder. I'm your host. I'm so excited you're here, and I'm here to help you take the stage. Welcome back. Before we dive into part three of our Enneagram series, I want to ask you two questions. One is, are you a part of our Facebook community? Now, I know Facebook is not for everyone, but if you are over there, I would love for you to hang out with me. It's Take the Stage Speakers, and you can just do a search there on Facebook. You'll find us. It is a great community, lots of engagement, lots of interaction. I give some tips that maybe I don't always talk about here on the podcast. And second question, have you signed up for the email list? If you haven't, head over to takethestagepodcast.com. You're going to find a resources page there. If you click on any of those resources, you get the free resource and you get added to the email list. So let's dive into today's episode. All right, this is part three with Jen Whitmere, our Enneagram coach. And today we're talking about fives, the thinkers, six, the guardians, and seven, the entertainers. Without further ado, let's go to it. We're now at the five. So now we've went into the head center and the fives, our Enneagram fives are the thinkers and the observers of the Enneagram. And so their talk style is um, explaining. They're very good at walking through all the details of differently than the ones. They're like walking you down all the details of the experiment and the data. And here's what this graph means. And they're excellent at that. When they lean over too much, it can become almost like a treatise and your list. I I don't want, I don't want you to read your dissertation for me. A dissertation that you are writing is different than a talk and understanding the difference than when you're getting up as a speaker, you too need less detail. Um, Mm. And I, the, it's not just two thirds, but think about abstracts. So Enneagram fives are usually really good at the concept of an abstract and rather than the dissertation, that's the amount of detail you need. You need enough information to help people understand what you're talking about, but they need less detail than you do. What is powerful about what fives can do is that they know so much that they can give us a taste that's really accurate if they can figure out the abstract. And so one of the things, I didn't come up with this term, but the people at the Bible Project have talked about it, um, about intellectual empathy. And John Collins came up with that. So think about what it was like when you didn't know something and lean into that empathy for your, because fives like to know their fear is being incompetent. And so if they can get their minds around, how would I want someone to introduce this to me when I didn't know Mm. that's the magic of the five and because they don't, I mean, like, so, cause what can happen is fives can go as everybody knows, blah, 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 blah. And they kind of, (laughs) you know, like that's just because they're, they think everybody knows because they've done all this study. And the other thing that fives need to lean into besides that intellectual honesty and compassion for the new beginner, what does it look like when I didn't know? And how would I like that to be introduced? Um, 
I want fives to have the confidence that you also know, because fives can say, I've got a PhD and I really am not an expert. I promise you a five, you, you're the expert in what you're talking about <laughs> and, and have some real confidence in that. So those are our Enneagram fives. That's good. That's good. Uh-huh. All right. So Enneagram sixes, Enneagram sixes talk style can, can be a little bit of doubtful. They, you know, like practically that can sound like upspeak, um, questioning yourself, but I don't think fixing the upspeak is the issue. Like you can, but it's much more about confidence in yourself because Enneagram sixes are um, a little bit more anxiety ridden than others on the Enneagram because they're always preparing and what if, what if, what if there's a lot of questioning just in their mind and their heart. Um, Solving some of those questions in your heart is part of coming up on stage and sounding confident because if you're standing, if you sound anxious, you don't sound confident and your audience isn't quite sure if they can trust you. Correct. So now the audience starts to feel uncomfortable, not so much that you're not sharing quality information, but it's an emotional thing. Like, Oh, can I, do you know what you're talking about? Cause I'm not sure if you believe it. <laughs> and so working through that and what, what's really great about sixes is that you can often, they often have great self-deprecating humor. Yes. So name the elephant in the room. Just name it. Uh, you know, I I feel like it may feel like what I'm saying is, you know, and kind of lean into what you're talking about that I might feel anxious about this, or but I really believe blah, 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 blah. You know, and like, just okay. let that, when you label it, then people aren't nervous. You've taken control. You're the leader of that community for those however many minutes you're on that stage and you've named what's awkward and you leaned into what's true. And that's what their sixes can do really well. And the other thing that sixes do that are fin that is amazing is nobody asks questions like a six. I mean, nobody. Oh, they so ask- good the best questions. And sometimes they ask the most questions. (laughs) So, I mean, just in life in general, life tip for sixes, prioritize your questions. What are the most (laughs) important things I need to know? But do that in your talk process. What are the big questions I want to ask? What if I asked this question that led to the most amount of other questions? So you're not just repeating multiple questions, which can make your audience feel uncomfortable, but you're asking the big question that engages them and gets them thinking about what you want to talk about. So leaning into those questions that are prioritized is a real powerful tool for the six. You know what I love a six. I love to see and work with a six and have them start their message with a what if statement. Absolutely. Because it is their superpower. They Mm -hmm. they've, they've already what if it to the nth degree. (laughs) Totally. I was real worried about my six friends when the pandemic started. I'm going to be honest with you. I was worried yeah. about them because this was they're like, we told you <laughs> we, we've been planning for this and, and they, they knew it was coming. Um, yeah. But, but a what if statement is powerful for any message, but for a six, it gives them the confidence that they are seeking because they know the what if. So I love a what if, because a what if statement's a great way to start a talk anyway, but for a six, it is powerful. All right. It's now. So, so powerful. Um, and give them some hope at the end. Yes. Give them some hope. <laughs> Sixes need to give some hope. Just what if, 
and then hope at the end. And, oh. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. So our last group, our Enneagram sevens. Yay. The other, <laughs> yay. So the other group on the Enneagram, that's a very natural speaker. I mean, I kind of joke that you could stick a microphone in front of a seven and they could have a room and they're fine. Like, they're good. They're what do you want to talk about? Awesome. I'll tell you. <laughs> and so the natural talk style of a seven is a storyteller. They are telling stories and often about themselves. Fours and sevens are very self-referencing and, uh, but the stories tend to have humor and they pull people in and um, they just engage people with their storytelling. So storytelling is the power of a talk. Even if you're talking about data, wrap it in some context and, t- and stories. Sevens are fantastic at that. So good. Sevens can run into trouble because of their humor. And if they're not prepared, if they haven't rehearsed, which we'll get to in a second, <laughs> they can lean to sarcasm really quickly. And it's because that tends to be their humor style. But in a talk, if you're unprepared, that sarcasm can come off pretty biting. And the seven isn't even aware. Like they just like, that's just how they got there. And then they're like, why, why do we feel disconnected? You know, and usually it's an offhanded comment that wasn't either in their script or in their preparation. And it's a moment of nerves and they lean to sarcasm. So it's when you bring that up into your awareness, it tends to start to solve itself, but knowing that that can be your leaning, that can be your humor. Um, it's okay. Every once in a while, like I have a joke in my signature talk because I talk about conflict resolution. So I'm an Enneagram seven. I don't think we established that. Um, <laughs> so you've probably figured it out by now, we did. but I have it <laughs> in my talk. I talk about the pain of conflict and, and why I talk about conflict resolution as a seven is a crazy topic. And so I have a joke in there that I decided that the pain that nobody likes conflict. I mean, the ones who do are all on Twitter, you know, like some planned. <laughs> It's good. It's good. <laughs> it's a planned, funny, sarcastic joke, but I know where it's going and I know how I'm recovering it next. It's not an offhanded comment. And that's where sevens are great at improv, but they can improv into a direction they didn't plan on going. Mm. And that's where that line is for the seven. So the other thing about sevens is they need real structure because their stories can become yarns. <laughs> real fast. Yeah. And so having a structure, having a beat sheet, having some kind of process through which you build a talk and and really edit is really important for the 7. And the other power for the 7 is rehearsal. I don't know what it is about 7s. I've dug into it a little bit about myself. I hate rehearsing. Okay. I just want to do the thing. And and but I know that when I rehearse, it better serves my audience because I know how to hit the beats. I know how to pay attention. I can read the room um, in a way that is different when I get up and improv. Now, improv is a superpower, but rehearsal hones that into an arrow that really sends that message to the right place. So rehearsal is a really important tool for the seven. I love that. I love, and I love sevens and I have a strong seven wing. So I totally feel you. And I've done exactly what you've done. I've let that sarcasm paint me into a corner and not even realizing I was offensive until I got the email or the note from (laughs) the event planner. You're like, oh, I said that. (laughs) The other thing that sevens run into and I I thought for a while it was just me, but I think it is a common seven thing. We laugh inappropriately. Yes. Like we just laugh in the wrong spot. And (laughs) because 
as I laugh, uh, because that's just our natural defense mechanism is humor yes. and laughter. So even if we don't tell the joke, we might laugh in the wrong spot, which can undermine your message. Yes. And it's a problem. And so that's why the rehearsal is so important. So you don't necessarily get nervous or think it's funny. You've gotten through that and it's, you know, it's not the time to laugh right. and you laugh at the right places when, you know, all the people who do are on Twitter. So, <laughs> Well, and don't you think that, because I know this from a personal with a, somebody with a seven wing. And for those of you who are listening, going, what's a wing? She has wings. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's an, it's an adjacent, um, an adjacent type that you take on characteristic stuff. So I think I said that right. Yeah. Or close. So I noticed that when I began the whole doing things online without a live audience, that's really hard for a seven mm. because oh. we, that sevens <laughs> oh love gosh. engagement. Lo they love the peoples. They love, they love an audience. It's, mm. it's a harder thing because I mean, I have literally said in zoom rooms, now this is not in the speaking, mostly just with meetings and stuff. I'm like, y'all, that's the funny part. That's where you're supposed to laugh. <laughs> and I need people to unmute and laugh. I don't need, I agree. To, so that's a, that's a, something that a seven has to really work on. If they're doing a digital event, they really have I to work agree. on it. And, you know, just to, as we move out of this, out of almost all virtual to hybrid slash yes. in-person events again, this, and this is just from my experience, this wasn't something I was planning on saying, but I had my first in-person speaking event in a year last week. Yeah. And I was, I mean, it was like adrenaline city. It was amazing. <laughs> I was so excited. And I realized I didn't do my normal, like grounding activity that I do before I get up on stage that I've been doing in virtual events almost to get my energy up. And yes. I forgot that that energy, I need to ground that energy Yes, and I didn't do it. And it was really, it wasn't chaotic, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't managed well. Like I had mm. to really kind of get myself together. Praise the Lord. It was a three hour event. So I had some time to calm down, right. but <laughs> so just as a warning to anybody really, but sevens and probably threes in particular, that adrenaline rush of seeing people for the first time after not. Yes. Remember how to manage your energy. So it's going to be hard. Extra this, tip. Listen, this has been so great. I have loved this. I know we have flown through these. I know it's been, it's been wonderful, but I hope that everybody walks away with some nuggets that they can use to just enhance who they are as a message bearer. So Jen, before we close and wrap, I would love, do you have some tips and I'll put these all in show notes. Obviously you do conflict resolution. Um, and what else can you offer? What other things can our audience find out about Enneagram and how they can grow and learn that? Yeah. So I, um, work with leadership, the Enneagram and conflict, all three of those together and sometimes separately. But what I've discovered is that people come for one of those and we end up talking about all three because I'm a big fan of self-leadership before you can lead other people. So everybody is a leader. Um, and then people who are leading teams, the number one skill that leaders need is self-awareness. Their study after study show that the number one predictor of success for a leader is understanding yourself. And that's where the Enneagram comes in. 
And um, so I like to work with teams on your communication skills and how you talk together, how you solve and resolve conflict before it becomes destructive to your team because it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. And uh, so let's talk about that, but also communication norms and, and having compassion, just like you said at the top about how do you have compassion for other people who genuinely think differently than you? And how do you do that? So I, you can reach me a lot of different ways. I would love to give people, if you want to know more about the Enneagram and you go to jenwhitmer.com slash freebies, there is, I have a booklet called, why do I keep doing this? <laughs> that explains the fears of each Enneagram type and gives you a brief overview. So it's about four or five pages. It's not like solid. It's, it's bullets, you know, so it's not a book. Um, it's like, it's a great introduction to the Enneagram and helps you dig a little bit deeper. And then there you can find my next workshop. I'm constantly doing free and paid workshops. I have a private Facebook community called the women's leader circle that I would love people to come into. We talk about the Enneagram in business and in life and how do we lead through conflict and lead through our lives. So those are the places and things people can find me. So jenwetmer.com slash freebies is always a great place to go. You can find all the information and then come say hi on Instagram and LinkedIn. Those are the places I hang out the most on social. So I would love people to come talk to me. Well, perfect. And we'll link all of that up in show notes. So people will have an opportunity to meet you. And then obviously we'll tag you in everything. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been so wonderful. I have loved it. Um, It is going to serve so many so well. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So there you have it. That is all of the Enneagram series, parts one, two, and three, Enneagram numbers one through nine. I hope you enjoyed this. Next week, I'm coming back and we're going to get back to the business of speaking. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group and you want to share maybe the topics that you're interested in, join us on Facebook. Take the stage speakers, just search that at Facebook. And again, you can find the email list and all the show notes at takethestagepodcast.com. Thank you for listening. And I look forward to helping you take the stage.